Welcome to Ah Crap a Hellboy Podcast, the show dedicated to the half demon hero, hosted by me, Mark David Christensen. And me, Kate Thompson. Yes. Yeah. And we are in the middle of a five issue story that I can I can go on the record saying that Kate and I are loving it. It's fucking <laughs> awesome. It's really uh, great. Yeah, BPRD nineteen forty six is quickly becoming a highlight of this whole this whole um world of the Mignolaverse. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. I just I mean, Broom is so awesome and it, it's like it's just a great vehicle for him to like become even cooler you know we know so little about him in the in the realm of the comic book you know yeah it's very true in the realm of the comic book we literally are introduced to him and then he's offed and then we get little snippets of him and his his relationship from f- small flashbacks his yeah. relationship with hellboy we get that he's he's a, clearly like an attentive good father but now we're sort of like getting some final insight onto his character and and in a sense it's also painting a picture of how hellboy is who he is too yeah we're getting it like it's it's definitely illustrating that for us as well uh, which is very fun um but before we get to that i wanted to talk about one thing and then another thing <laughs> that's dumb <laughs> The way I said that. But the first thing was, I just wanted to call this out because um, I think it's it's in our world. Uh, and it, it made me sad last night. And it also made me like go like, you know, I'm having a hard time right now just in the sense becoming being at least any any way optimistic and within the world outside world of yeah. these comics is that uh, Mike Mignola posted a picture uh, of Hellboy with like a banner saying vote and he was wearing a Biden Harris uh, t-shirt. Yeah. And cool. a mask too. Awesome. Yeah. I support it. Um, yeah. No matter where you fall or how you're going to vote. I'm last night I saw it and I, I reposted it on our feed and then I sadly shouldn't have done this, but I dropped into the little comment section, Same. which has, Same, which was now has been quite like turned off, <laughs> but I was Good. just so saddened by it. Of like all the the back and forth, and there was some nonsense. Because I'm not I'm not saying you have to think one way or the other, or think the way that you're the artists that you like enjoy. But I just the call out that I, I I'm tired of hearing that like as soon as somebody like an artist makes a statement with a character like, well, I prefer this to be non political, and I'm like, I'm sorry, but like I think we're learning learning more and more that like your politics don't disappear because you're not talking. You're not outwardly yeah. talking about them. Your artists will stand one way or the other with you or, yeah. or, 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 or on a different side of how you view the world. But politics are going to creep in, whether they're that, like him putting his character in a shirt of who he is currently going to vote for. Like we've spoken with, too, about this, like, and I, I believe in the last episode of like, hey, we're going to vote for this. We don't know if necessarily like these to the hundred percent degree, but that's where we stand on the issues, right? Uh, and and the hopes of the future. But I just think it's like the thing of like if you're religious or you're not religious, whether you're a- like say you're atheist or you believe in God, you can be maybe not directly. Your work is not about those things, but the what you create will always be influenced by that. So to me, I think even yeah. your politics will seep in. So to be immediately like. Oh, I, w- I want this to not have politics into it. I'm like, it's always going to be there. And I think 
It's nuts. It's nuts. Like, it's it's an artistic expression of one man. He created this character. First of all, and this was said many times in the comment section, you know, in between, like, maniacs who were like, shut up and draw, basically. But, yeah, I, I, I think a lot of people, a lot of people who are fans of Mignola's work recognize that he can fucking, he created this character and he can make it do whatever the fuck he wants Hellboy to do, you know? Yeah. Like... You know, he could write that Hellboy works at a coffee shop until he dies and Ragnarok never comes. It doesn't fucking matter because it's his thing and he can write, you know, whatever he wants. So to sit there and be like, do it this way because that's the way I like it is a waste of time. And like, you know, yeah, it, make your yeah. own damn character if you want to. Like, yeah. A cool ass character. I, I don't and know. Al- and also the idea that like you need to shut up and not express what you think through your characters or or whatnot like he has all the right to voice that and i get this is, i mean i don't know i need to watch that social um dilemma thing because what i'm hearing is that we need to get rid of our social media platforms anyway to be to get back to oh what's the health. there's a documentary called the social dilemma that apparently is like i need to watch it beth has watched it i need to watch it but apparently the social dilemma yeah it's on netflix but like it sounds like we need to be deleting a lot of our social media or just the way that we communicate because it's sort of unhealthy for us. But I'm speaking out of turn because I haven't watched the documentary. But it's something I think we should all, whether it's that documentary or not, but we should really look into like how, because I know I've I've become sort of oh, fucking having to be called out if I'm looking at my phone too much. And I think it's a lot. I turned off notifications recently because I felt like yeah, a lot of my ill habits and behavior with that my me and my phone are from that so i just turned off all my notifications other than maybe like email <laughs> and maybe text yeah. so yeah i did, i think i might have even turned off email because i was just like i don't need to know everything that's coming in all the time i just i check my phone so frequently anyway that i don't even really need notification i turned off my instagram notifications and i took like facebook off my phone because i was just like Especially because Instagram has a function where you go into the settings and it's like, send me a notification, send me a notification if I'm on Instagram for more than X amount of minutes. So I'll be like, I set it to an hour. I hit that hour and then I just keep burning right through it and like, we'll continue to look at that shit and not do anything like, you know, and it's, it's definitely a waste of my time. Like, it's not even a question. It's like. It's cool. Like I follow a lot of artists and I learn a lot of stuff. Like I follow a lot of like, you know, like elected officials. I'm following like local politics that way and stuff like that. But it's like, how closely do I, I I don't know. It's like a line where it's like, I feel like I want to follow this stuff and be informed and know. But I'm also just like, you know, watching videos of puppies and like people falling off of their motorcycles or whatever the fuck else <laughs> stupid shit I'm watching on Instagram. So it's like I'm not I'm not always on there just learning, you know, yeah. about Same politics here. and shit. Same here. And I know a yeah. lot of my own personal self-doubt and I'm calling it a sickness because I think it is a sickness of like comparison uh, to what other people's success comes from that. And I think yeah, man. I need to acknowledge that that's happening or I, I tend to be like, I tend to fall into this, the ranks of people 
and this is bad on me, of like, oh, look at that person's success. I'm happy for them, but also now I'm making that a judgment on me. A hundred percent, man. Yeah, I think it's an easy thing to fall into, and it's like, and then you get into the spiral of judging yourself for even doing that, where it's like, I know that's bad, but yeah. I still want, you know, and it just... You get fucking trapped in that stuff. Or I do, I should oh, say. Oh, I do, a big time. And it, it stops me from, like, keeping writer's hours or working on stuff because it's like, if I'm compar- yeah. if I'm constantly comparing myself, then I'm never going to do, I'm never going to achieve because they've already done it. There must you know be I mean? something, like, there must be some, like, serotonin squirt that you get from, like, beating yourself up or something. You know, it must satisfy the same thing that you would get from actually fucking working on something because, like, I'm addicted to that. In a, it, like you said, it's yeah. like sick. It's like a great way to give yourself an excuse to be like, oh, well, I'm not at this level, so I feel bad and I don't even want to start. And it's obviously that's fucking bad. And if you're working on whatever the fuck you're working on, you're going to start out being bad at it and then you get better at it. And you're not going to do that if you're just sitting there being like, I fucking suck in the first place. Yes. And this guy can do a fucking backflip or can sell a pilot or can be on XYZ <laughs> show or whatever else. You I, know, think, I think he's selling a pilot while doing a backflip. <laughs> yeah. I'm a fuck. I'll never be able to do those things together. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I, I need to I, I need to check in with myself. Same, dude. And and eliminate those things and stay more positive even even if I, I'm having a hard time looking at the outside world and being, you know, not cynical yeah. about it. Um, and I know this went off on a tangent, which is so, it seems like a healthy tangent. We're checking <laughs> in our, with each that's other. That's our way. <laughs> that's our way. Uh, I just want to, I want to end with saying like Mignola, even if you agree, even if you're voting w- alongside his line or on an opposing side, he has all the fucking right to post yeah. that. Without us saying that he should stay in his lane. I'm tired. Politics. I mean, this is a cliche, but politics is everybody's lane. Stop telling people to stay in their fucking lane. It's been a problem. Because it affects people, man. Like, it affects people. And if it doesn't affect you that much to the degree where you can't ignore it, I mean, you know, just fucking Google privilege and see what that's all about. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, if, if you if you can afford to not pay attention to any of this shit, that's, a, that's an, one aspect of it. That was, you know... I, I I I don't know. I don't want to get too much into it, like make people fucking feel bad. I don't follow, you know. I there's a ton of shit that I don't do. Oh yeah. Politically, you know, that I probably could and should do, like you know. Totally, I'm the same I, way. Uh, so I'm not trying to beat anybody up about it, or 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 say that like if you don't actively participate in this, you're like a bad person. I think just people aren't made aware of how important it is to some people. Intentionally, they don't teach you that this shit's important because they want you to fucking, you know, just stick around and buy whatever. They want you to, they want you to buy Nikes and fucking read comic books and do whatever the yeah. fuck else because that's all they care about. Totally, complacency keeps keeps the rich rich, keeps yeah, the, the man, higher yeah. class comfortable. Our complacency keeps others comfortable, and we gotta break our complacency. That's so. right, comrade. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, That's where I'm we at lose at all point. of our listeners right now just because of that. <laughs> oh, I, I, think they could, I think everybody could, you know, it's like, I think they could. If you really hate us that much, don't listen to us. They That's probably okay. aren't already. Or, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With all the mistakes. Sure, we lost those guys if, long if ago. If we didn't lose them by saying Mignola wrong, then fucking, you know, it's a win on my part. 
<laughs> um, uh, that being said, there, there, we have another last segment before to get to right now before uh, we jump into the issues for 1946. I'm calling this one because it's not mainly going to, I couldn't call it uh, Hell in the Cinema because it's not going to major theaters, but I thought it would be, we'll call this little segment Some Homemade Hell. Yeah. Some Homemade Hell, I'm calling this. This is a big, I like it. this is a big shout out pretty much just to like praise some, uh, some uh, filmmakers out there for doing something that they wanted to do to have fun with, to honor the character they love and do it in a, in a creative and productive way. Um, this, you can go and check out Hellboy Fan Film on Instagram. That is at Hellboy Fan Film. All one word, of course. This is literally what it is. It's a Hellboy f- fan film that's being released by something called Nut Allergy Productions. As we're recording to this on a Saturday, or excuse me, Sunday, September 20th, 20th they posted a new poster for it. Um, but it's going to be released, a fan film, on October 2nd. I'm excited, man. I am too. I think it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. The the Hellboy himself looks cool. Oops, I just accidentally pushed play on it. That's probably going to pick up on the audio <laughs> a little bit. Uh, the, I like that production company name, too. It's making me laugh. Yeah, Nut Allergy Productions. <laughs> it's funny. It looks like a fun... I mean, they're, you know, they got their guns out. They got a bunch of... Original BPRD uh, agent characters. They're shooting away in the woods, and we get a cool. I love people shooting their own movies in the woods. This Hell is yeah. fucking great. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. You can tell it has a little bit of production value with the, that Hellboy makeup, and it, I like yeah, these like their own original design and everything, and uh, and I mean original design and the makeup and all of that. I'm excited. They only have all they have it out is a teaser trailer, which is runs about 20 seconds, so I can't tell how. I really don't know how long this is gonna be or what the story the short story is going to be but i definitely am excited for them to release this on october 2nd i'm jazzed on it they just look like it's just so fun to be like 23 and shooting a movie outside in the woods like that's really it's just cool like that kind of energy is all up around it and just makes me excited for it you know it's just so cool i mean i don't know how old they all are but they look they all look look young Yeah. And they have a fairly big crew, it looks like, too, for it. So that's very cool. And it looks like they're yeah. all just jazzed to make something, you know? I, yeah. I'm 100% in support of this. So everybody out there, if you're listening and you haven't checked it out, check it out now. And again, at, at Hellboy Fan Film. Can't wait to watch it on October 2nd, with, along with Hell everybody yeah. else. So cool, cool. Everybody check that out and mark it on your calendars. Yeah. Uh, but let's jump in. Let's get back to the yeah. awesome pages of BPRD 1946. Can uh, yeah. you give us some credits to kick us off and uh, for sure recap where we left off? So this is uh, written by Mike Mignola and Joshua Dysert, illustrated by Paul Azaceda, colored by Nick Filardi, and lettered by Clem Robbins, edited by Scott Alley Boo. Boo. And he's, uh, it was back between January and May 2008 they were published. I also want to say, I called this character Dr. Howard Eaton, the character who's with Trevor Broom on the BPRD. I think I called him Edward like 10 fucking times in the last episode. I'm pretty, I'm like 90% <laughs> sure. I mean, it's it's confusing as fuck though if you're listening and then you're like, wait, who's Edward? Did I miss a character? Anyway, I meant Dr. Howard Eaton. I think I saw the E state in my brain and that was fucking it. I don't know. I'm done. Eddie who's? It's all good. So, <laughs> so yeah, we, like last time, basically... The very, very small beginnings of BPRD 
have gone to Berlin to try to find remnants of Nazi research into the occult. They don't know what they're going to find, but they're checking it out. They have a very small team of soldiers with them. They run into the Soviet, like the Russian equivalent of BPRD, led by Vervara, who it is revealed is a demon <laughs> from hell. Possessing and a child's body. To, and, possessing a little girl's and body. And all the Russians are just like, we're listening. <laughs> we're yeah, the Russians orders. are like, cool, yeah. Oh, yeah, I take orders from a little haunted girl. <laughs> Possessed, I guess? I, I don't know what her human body is. Maybe it's just a, an illusion. I don't know if it's a, a real girl that was... That's true. Who knows? I would imagine it's like some transforming demon that like changes its visage and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, we don't know. I have no clue that's either. What I, that's what I picture. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so they're going to check out this, uh, basically an asylum where they suspect horrible, terrible experiments have been done to, I mean, I guess they saw in the last issue that those experiments were being done to the people, but they don't know the full extent of it yet. And that's kind of where we pick up. Well, we have a we have a flashback to Germany, 1945, a year prior, where we see a Nazi executing a prisoner, executing this man into a mass grave, including uh, that include the bodies of a mother and a baby. And then it cuts back to 1946. And before we jump into the 1946, oh, yeah, yeah. I want to cover I want to just because it seemed we got into that insane flashback which brought back the words the waters here are warmer which was really eerie um but i want to talk about the cover real quick for issue three uh i i think these covers i think mignola is really knocking it out of the park with dave stewart on these and again i mean i'm gonna be constantly saying i want these published with the logos but i especially love how these are standing out as great additions to the cliffhangers I think they really, if I was picking these up when they were published, um, as we go, I think they just add so much to like my excitement because like the last issue we ended with like, sort of like, okay, there are vampires. We got that. Then they have these numbers on them and we're like, okay, that's reminiscent of the Holocaust. And then like, and all these things, but this cover one is so dynamic and great but i love there's like this owl and this figure we we haven't met but then you have these red hands that are coming up with the numbers and i think that just adds to the information i love how much that like is like building off of the cliffhanger to get me excited for this issue and i yeah dude he's just such a master of like of teasing just the right amount of information like really creating this crazy like titillating is the wrong word for you know just like a very like you want to see it you're like oh i gotta open this up and see especially if you've been reading so far because you know we've encountered one of these like over a hundred prisoners in that barn last time so you're like well, that was fucking bad. They lost a soldier on that encounter. So what would happen if they found the other hundred? It would be fucking disastrous. So you're like, well, this issue is going to be fucking crazy. And also, who the hell is this guy with the owl? Yeah. <laughs> Super intriguing shit. And I love the like pale yellow of the eyes of the character, the the figure and the owl. Yeah, to connect you know, like, kind them. Of tying to... them together. Yeah, yes. totally. Oh, it's fucking oh, cool shit. It's so cool. And that's why I'm always disappointed, even though even though the reprints in the, the book are not terrible, they're just 
they saturate it by just making it gray and gray yeah. and chat and bl- blacks and gray. And it's just like, there's so much. In one single tone too, you know, it's like not even like, like you don't get the, how starkly this white owl really stands out on the collected edition, but on the, like on the regular printed edition, it's like super, super like hits you in the head. It comes forward so, so much. It's really yeah, cool. Very cool. But that you can jump back into 1946 now. Oh yeah. So there Trevor and Vivara and the American soldiers, as well as Dr. Howard Eaton (laughs) are back at the asylum. They went during the day last time and that was already scary enough. Now they're here at night and we have some uh, Russian soldiers with us too. They're like, okay, well we have to go in, see it. I think I, uh, Dr. Eaton's like, I think I found some blueprints that can tell us if there's any kind of like hidden chambers in this place. And sure enough, he finds them. And sure enough, there is one. He's like down in the basement. Oh, we missed it somehow. I don't know. And then as they're kind of investigating the asylum, of course, one like Russian soldier kind of wanders off and is caught by these by these creatures that just like start tearing him apart and kill him. And then it cuts back to they're just like back with uh Vivara and the sold like the American soldiers yeah. and stuff. Can we they, talk they about found- can we talk about the sequence yeah. real quick? Because it's yeah. it, it and I, I don't think this is a bad thing. It just made my it, it like makes me more scared of these creatures. And it's also it puts me in the mindset of like maybe with the other soldiers, because I get a, a sense of such confusion when we first have this attack. Because Isof, I or I, I don't know how you say that. I, I, Yosef? Yosef? It's like Joseph, isn't it? You're probably 100% right, and I am 100% wrong. Yosef, <laughs> Yosef wanders off, and he goes, look, the other guy comes looking for him up those stairs with those creepy angel drawings. And yeah. when we first see him being attacked and him saying, trying to get the words help me out, it looks like he's being attacked by nothing. And then it goes yeah. to a close-up, and they're surrounding him. Then he falls over the railing with nothing. Then it's that whole he's being hoarded by them. And I'm like, is that an element of their vampiric, like, supernatural powers as being part of the shadows in that way? They're, like, blending in. Well, I know that later the soldiers are, like, cursing the ghosts. So they're vampire ghosts or, like, the ghosts of the inmates who were tortured here. Like, so I think, okay, okay. Is it a combination? In my my dumb brain. Okay. So they were experimented on before any of the vampire wife's blood came here because we actually know where the, like at this point, we do know where the rest of the vampires are. Right. So these guys are ghosts. These are the ghosts of the inmates who were experimented on pre-vampiric shit. Whoa. Because we know where the, we, because you, you, did you read the whole thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Did you read the fifth one? Yeah, 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 yeah. We don't no, want to spoil. spoil. I mean, okay. I, I, I okay. mean, even though our listeners have probably read it too, but I'm just like probably. trying to. <laughs> I, and 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 again, I'll I'll, whole, I'll wholeheartedly admit that like this is so good. I went through it fast. I'm gonna continue. This is one that I I want to like. If I can get a hardback still of it, I'll try to get it because I think it's worth owning. Uh, rereading helps re-reading to clarify. It definitely, because sure. it's so good. These dudes are are ghosts, I think, that are are visible when they want to be. 
Yikes. Yikes. I a think horde of them. I think they're the ghosts of all the... They're still, like, tortured prisoners who, like, all that crazy shit was done to them. Yeah. But they, like, these... At this point, these guys don't even know the extent of all the vampire shit. So, yeah, I think you're totally right. I think that when this other... When Yosef's friend comes up the stairs, he doesn't see anything attacking Yosef, but Yosef, in his vision, in his mind, sees all of these... Like morphed, yeah, like mutated looking guys that have been just completely fucked with. Which I like because the book it it, it doesn't ex- it doesn't have to stop the book and explain it to me. Yeah, in rereading it, although allows... clearly we could have used it. <laughs> yeah, but I like that they're put. They but put it didn't it up. have to. I think. Yeah. I think both of us just read it fast or something. But I think that's good for the book because it makes you want to reread it. And you start yeah. to see the visual clues that they have in there along with that, the sequence. And then as we continue through the story, when uh, Steiner, I think it's Steiner that gets attacked, his glasses fall off and they're reflected in the glasses, but not in the corridor. Yes. And I think that a lot of those clues are there. So if you read it the first time, are there and they're very clear. But like us, I got so excited. I'm ready, ready. I'm reading it really quick, and I'm like, yeah. "Oh my, this is so good." I think what my assumption was, I was like, "Oh, these are the vampire guys," and I just I did never too. checked that assumption, even at, up to the point where we discover where the rest of the vampire guys are. But I like so how- rereading it really helped me out right here. Me too. But I like that there's a combination of the two, and they're not spelling it out for us. They're letting us. Yes. Figure it out along with yes. these soldiers because the soldiers are clearly like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. Everyone's just scared shitless. It's <laughs> such the pacing of the whole of all of these five books is so excellent. They really do make you feel like you want to be like looking over your shoulder for these characters. You know, it's if you were in their shoes, it would be fucking horrifying. <laughs> yeah. So they basically they, they find this fake wall. To a corridor that they had missed before. They tear that down. The two soldiers, one of the Russian soldiers and one of the American soldiers who have been keeping watch at the top of the stairs, start blasting off rounds. The I forget the like head soldier's name or whatever the fuck. But you know, the captain of the soldiers is like, go check out whatever the hell's going on up there. Yeah. The soldiers, both Russian and American, run to help him, but he's like freaking out. To him, he's seeing these creatures come towards him, but he's actually like blasting away at all of the, his fellow soldiers and like filling some Russians full of full of lead in this one part. <laughs> um, it's us, you crazy bastard, like his fellow soldiers yelling at him. Yikes. Then it's cutting back to the captain basically be like, we're we're out of here. We're aboarding this mission. Everything's fucked. Let's go. And they all all the soldiers go to leave. But Broom takes a look back at Vivara, who gives him just like a look, like a knowing look, and Broom's like, yeah, we're gonna go. So as the rest of the soldiers move out, everyone's in such a rush. It's like home alone. They just miss Kevin, but instead they're missing <laughs> Trevor Broom <laughs> and Vivara. That's very They're like, funny. all right, we got everybody. Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, and then, <laughs> so Vivara, who we know is a, is a monstrous demon in the body of a little girl, and Trevor Broom go down further to investigate the basement. Meanwhile, on the upper levels, we see the ghost of the woman and the baby. Right. And, and like it, the this one Russian soldier just like encounters the ghost and you kind of don't see what happens immediately. 
Then you see this other soldier, uh, Steiner, who was shooting at everybody with the with the glasses on, running down a hallway. His friends are trying to stop him. He locks himself in an exam room that has fucking bloody handprints on it. It looks like an escape the room with like a horror theme. <laughs> it's like got like <laughs> all kinds of like pointy twisted instruments and stuff like that for torturing uh, inmates. And so, you know. Shit's not going to be great for Steiner. Cuts back to Vivara and Broom finding all these hidden files. They're like, fucking jackpot. All these were down here. Um, It turns out that they were trying to do this, uh, all these experiments, trying to basically like create kind of like supernatural, super soldier kind of guys. And Broom's like, oh, I thought this place was by 1939. Hitler had killed all the people here. We're discovering that. Uh, this asylum stayed full. They continued to like lock up. They had 300 patients, the last of Germany's mad, locked up in a single room for over six years. So when it cuts back to the other soldiers, you see the ghosts of Nazi. Well, you see this like vision of Nazi doctors brutalizing uh, an inmate that they took out of this one room for, you know, the only time they ever took him out of this big room was to fuck with them. Ugh. And then it cuts to... The ghosts of those tortured inmates surrounding Steiner in the same room with the same chair. And he's like, no, please don't hurt me. Um, And you're like, oh, Steiner's toast. And then as Vavar continues reading from the one file to Broom, her like her like speech is overlaid over um, these images of the Russian soldier seeing the mother and her child Uh, last year, 120 strongest were chosen all others executed buried in a mass grave behind the asylum but then this huge the huge owl from the cover descends on this russian soldier (laughs) who's just looking on at the ghost of the woman who seemingly is not threatening yeah right like the ghost of the woman is just it's just haunting and sad Mm -hmm. but she's not like i'm gonna cut you up in the same way that these other inmates are are cutting up this american soldier right now (laughs) yeah it Um, feels more like a classical like a haunting where they're like trying to get them to f- like almost like as if she's guiding him to the grave. So they're like, yeah, oh, we can like you can discover it and we can be put to rest peacefully. Yeah. You know what I mean? But before any of that happens, <laughs> a big ass owl comes down. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the, the pacing like, on the owl happening? to the violence on Steiner all happening. Like you're yeah. just mentally going, what am I like? What the inputs are just all over the place. The shit is hitting the fans so hard. And I think that that juxtaposition of that panel of Steiner getting like drilled and fucking sawed and, you know, poked with all kinds of pokey pointy shit um, right underneath that picture of the owl descending on the Russian soldier. I think it's supposed to lead you to think, okay, this Russian soldier is also fucked. I don't think this owl is descending on him with the claws out so that he can lead him somewhere gently he's not gandalf coming for the rescue it's not like hey come (laughs) along with me uh yeah and then inside everything just all fucking hell's broken loose they're in this huge room with all of these ghostly inmates um everybody out out holy christ you know um uh my main man the number one guy uh (laughs) dr howard eaton (laughs) I don't know why I can't remember this guy's name. His his name is so perfectly vague and like 
Anyway, well, that's sorry why to any Howards that listen. Well, that's why he's so perfectly vague. He's like a red shirt. He's about to go the way of a red shirt. Yeah, he's <laughs> toast. He gets impaled on like a piece of fucking rebar that's sticking out of the crumbling wall. This was the then, only side of the sound effect that I felt was almost disrespectful to his death. Bonk. <laughs> it, I mean, to me, it sounded wet. You know, it sounded like... <laughs> Like a popping yeah. of your fucking sternum <laughs> as rebar is shooting through. I was like, oh, oh, he didn't deserve to go out like that. But, yeah. you know, that's what happened. And yeah. And then uh, Vivara continues the 120 strongest injected with extricated. Va- um, oh, excuse me. Extracted vampire blood. And it cut cuts back to our little guy, Otto, from the barn in the last issue. Mm hmm. Otto, I remember his name just from reading it in the sketchbook. Yeah, Otto, baby. That's it. That Otto. I'll never forget that big head of Otto's. <laughs> yeah, Otto's <laughs> Otto didn't ha- deserve that. Um, yeah, so Broom's like noticing. Oh, they have to be like carefully frozen. Uh, they were frozen before they could fully transform. We see the one uh, tube that's broken from where Otto escaped. Sure. Or actually, did not escape out of some other tube. Anyway, one of these things is fucking broken. And several of these vampires have been left. But a bun- hundred other tubes aren't there. And it's pretty fucked. And then we hear a voice explaining that, that they were Gierescu's children. And this creepy vampire shows up and starts explaining, you know, filling in all the all the dot all, all the filling in all the blanks and is like being like a creepy weird vampire like Lestat kind of a guy and mm-hmm. he's like yeah they were gonna you know we got Gurescu's wife's blood oh what a shame Gurescu shouldn't have done all of that his poor wife um got all of her blood sucked out and she was violated to breed all of these freaky people and they're like who the fuck are you <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much uh, who are you uh uh, so, yeah, but Trevor has heard of him. Baron Koenig? We haven't, right? I haven't heard of this guy before. I, don't, I, I think this is the first time we've him. ever heard of him. I'm assuming that they're naming him so that they'll bring him back for other shit. He's like a very fun, like mincing, classic vampire kind of character. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine they'll bring him back. And it's cool to see a vampire who's like, I guess it's not a familiar, but we find out, you know. We find out the connection with the owl pretty soon. Um, yes. It's cool to see an owl rather than uh, your typical bat. Yes. It's just, and it fits with his like uh, super pale look, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, and his like yeah, elegance cool. that he brings to his demeanor. <laughs> yeah, totally. Baron Koenig, Creepazoid 5000. And he's <laughs> like, you know, he's just like being a nice, good villain. We're like, tell me, who are the true madmen, Professor? Like laying that out on you. Um, <laughs> and he's like, I, I, uh, he's basically like, oh, all men are going to suffer for this. And finally, Vivara's like, that's enough. I'm a demon. You better calm down and don't hurt my, my buddy here because. Oh, and I love uh, her so displaying her like true her true image behind her with the flame on the head. That's so fucking cool. It's sick. Yeah. She like reveals her true self, you know, and get the fuck out of here and don't ever cross my path again. If you know, it's good for you. And then, uh, the Baron turns into the owl and flies away and is like, bye. (laughs) Um, and Trevor Broom's just like, 
fascinating. Like, I love his, you know, he was, he was like, he was definitely scared, I would say, throughout this whole thing. But he's still such the scientist that he's like collecting information and trying to like talk to to Baron Koenig mm-hmm. to like learn about what's going on. It's like I came here on a mission, even though I'm scared of shit, this guy might bite me. Still finding that stuff out. So he's as Baron Koenig flies away in his owl form, he's just as fascinating. Favar is just like, ah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, I thought yeah, it was like, just like such a fun exchange, like a fun <laughs> and that's like a very Hellboy thing too. Like a little short cap on a long Mo- a monologue from a villain. Yeah. I thought it was like such a fun thing to have. Yeah, I agree. And it also in this one panel of that puts them on such equal footing with each other, weirdly. How it's like, yeah, like he's fascinated with this supernatural world. And yeah. we found out that Varvara was like very fascinated with our world. And yeah. it's like wanted to stay. <laughs> yeah, so it's like him being fascinated. He's like, yeah, of course that's fascinating. Isn't that cool? He, like these things exist. Like yeah. that's why I'm playing. That's why I'm doing this, Professor. <laughs> it's a very fun. It's like between Broom and Vivara is a very. I mean, fun's maybe not the right word, but fun to read and fun yes. to look at. Um, for them, it's like for Broom, it's like. Okay, well, I'm not going to judge you. I'm not I don't think that you're horrible just because you're a demon. But and we sort of have to work together. Like he's sort of just working with this demonic figure regardless of whether or not like, you know, regardless of that. Yeah, totally. It's, it's cool. I'm with and just informs his character more that he's willing to do that. Like of course we know he kept Hellboy, but He's like working with supernatural beings in the same way that we see Hellboy later working mm-hmm. with like, oh, if he runs into a werewolf, his first thing isn't like, I'm going to kill you right away. He tries to talk to them. So that's the kind of sense that you get from this character, too. I think it's just really cool. And as the owl flies away, we see it fly past the, the American soldier sitting in the chair in the exam room, just completely fucking dead with like Oof. the instruments with their tubes coming out. The rest of the uh, soldiers who have collected outside who are, you know, just kind of waiting. Like They're like, oh, I guess Broom's not there. Um, and this owl flies away. We see in the window, pressing up against the glass, the, the, the distorted faces of these ghosts that have been Ooh. tortured and killed. They're um, like filling every window up. It's so terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> like full, yeah, full to the brim, like the whatever, like 200 and, and some other tortured souls that are still trapped in this asylum. And then we see Broom with kind of escorted by Vivara, basically. Um, Literally, she's like, come and like takes his hand and leads him through this crowd of, of beings who we just saw fucking rip everyone else to shreds. We see the body of Howard stuck up on the wall and Vivara's just like, he cannot be helped professor. Like, come on. And they make it out to the soldiers. They're like, where the fuck were you? You got caught up in there? Like, you know, we're going to come back here in the day. Vavar's like, no, every we got what we need out of this place. Everyone's dead and just chill out. <laughs> and then as the sun comes up, it, it comes up over the one soldier, the one Russian soldier that had been killed by the Baron. Yeah, clearly had gotten. It's interesting that he has his bite mark is four. Not the classical yeah. two. Well, the other, the vampires in this, you know. They have those like bigger mouths. 
They have the crazy fucking mouth with like teeth all the way around yeah. the whole thing. Like it's so nuts. But it's a cool little. Um, yeah, I like this cliffhanger. I like it feels like very complete. Where like, oh, we're done with the asylum. I like how like yeah, we, like literally what you just said of ours. Like we got what we want and we're moving on. But it's leaving. But there's still so many like cool questions left. Yes. Like for the yeah. overall story, and it's just ah, it's dies art totally is so like good. masterfully paced like it's really making me want to go see the other like go seek out the other stuff that joshua dysert has written and the other stuff that um uh paul asaseda has has done so yes i mean it's just so, executed so well and i'm it's great I, i'm just so psyched on it um yeah, yeah the the third or excuse me chapter four Let's talk about that cover. Ooh. <laughs> I love the use of, I mean, we've had two red. I think I love the, the use of like the motif of Dave Stewart's coloring from these red hands to this red tube is so striking. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool. It's, and it's just a tortured person in a, yeah. In this or, like, or, or they, or they're fr- like tortured and frozen. And cause these, these vampires yeah. we've been in, implied have been put into, uh, a frozen stasis. So, yeah. Ooh. And it's like bright red for the blood that's been injected into all these guys. We get like a cool bat looming in the background. Uh, we get the numbers and just all kinds of fun. Mignola sort of um, sci-fi nodules for the electrodes and shit that are coming in. And also like, tubes for coolant or whatever that you know use your imagination of what's coming in and out of this thing just a fun piece of sci-fi technology like 40s technology yeah that kirby-esque inspiration Um, yeah oh yeah it's so cool and i like the layout because the those mechanics in the bed are 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 clearly separate but then they have this element of sort of being merged together at the same time and i think that's really cool yeah like everything in the same way that the electricity is coming in and whatever else from these tubes is coming in the the um composition like with the bat's wings and the highlight behind it leading down to the tube just like drawing your eye right down this awesome like upside down triangle kind of composition that's like super fucking dynamic um uh, yeah, it, it really implies like the bat is is in this. He is being filled with the bat in the same way that he, the electricity is coming in and stuff like that. It's awesome. Very cool. So cool. And again, yeah, just it's built. I think y'all fucking rules, man. He's so good. He's so fucking. <laughs> do we good. ever? Did we ever mention that we like him and think he's good? <laughs> hey, yeah, I hope. I hope. I hope you all know we like him a lot. He's a good artist. I think his stuff is good. And I mean, um, let's not forget Dave Stewart, who I think has has makes everybody's oh, yeah. work even better. <laughs> he elevates shit so much. Like, um, you know, we got Nick Filardi coloring in these issues, who also does a great job. Oh, is it really? I didn't even catch that. I'm a fucking idiot. Oh, no, you're not. Because he fucking colors every other thing that Mignola's ever even, like, blinked at. What so. a fucking idiot yeah, I Of am. course. No, uh, you're not. <laughs> well, he's doing, I'm sure he's he's doing, doing the covers. phenomenal. Yeah, he's did the covers for sure, right? But he's done. Probably. St- this I'd guy has done. Bellardi has done a fucking phenomenal job. Yeah, he's it, been crushing it. I'm lo- I love 
the coloring in this. A steward esque job of of coloring. Yeah. The highest compliment. Yeah. Damn. I'm I'm dumb, but moving on, I'll let you take. No, over not at it. all. The, like da- he fucking colored every other thing. Like I said, like he's all over Mignola's other stuff, even BPRD. So that would be the natural assumption because he we he's I think this might be the first colorist who's not Dave Stewart. Yeah, well, no, yeah, that there's been others, but Dave Stewart, you're right. That's why I just assume he's doing everything. One of the few, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Don't beat yourself up too bad. Uh, I will, um, I will, but moving on. <laughs> Just wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat. Yeah. Fucking idiot. Fuck. <laughs> I called it, I called the one main character in this, the totally wrong name for like a whole episode. So yeah. I think we're, we're good. But at, I, least we're, at least we're both wrong. But I love the coloring that he's doing when he flashes so forward, good. especially all the Hitler stuff. When he was speaking with uh, Gurit. G- uh, Gurescu. Like yeah. I love the green, the green he was using in that, t- the tint. And he does it again here when we get into a very dire. Hist- I love, I, I love the, I love the use of historical fiction in this, specifically in this issue. Uh, but yeah. I'll let you take over. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it, I think it's just done really well. Um, all, you know, I, I guess, well, We'll see about the. I was kind of like, what's up with this one character? But I, I, I do still really love this issue. We see in uh, Zeppelin hangar number A4, uh, basically like the BPRD headquarters for the time being, uh, their field base of operations. In well, I think Berlin. this is, is it theirs or is what's this? That? I think this is the Russian, the Russian headquarters, right? USSR. Yeah. The, it's theirs. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, like the, equi- the yeah, equivalent. Yeah. The equivalent. Okay. This is the, sorry. Yeah. The, that huge hangar that we saw, like the UFO and all of the like pharaoh yes. shit, you know, like all of the Mesopotamian carvings and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> um, and then uh, so we see like one part of it that's basically like almost looks like a kennel of prison cells where they're presumably just keeping Nazis that they need or want around. We see that the soldiers, both Russian and American, are getting tired. They've been on the fucking job forever. As they cart out this Nazi, both groups of soldiers are like fucking asshole, like Nazi <laughs> bastard and uh, fascist Kaya Morda. Yeah. I assume means like fascist, bad fascist. Yeah, bad fascist. <laughs> Dead man walking. I don't know, <laughs> yeah. something bad. Um, and then, yeah, so they're taking this Nazi officer into an interrogation room. Uh, Vivara's really having a lot of fun. <laughs> and going like full little girl, like swinging the dolly around, being like, I can't wait to make this prisoner talk. I have ways of making this prisoner say stuff. And like the prisoner's like, can I have a cigarette? No, you will tell us everything you know about Vampire Storm. <laughs> <laughs> like, And starts like immediately like pointing her finger in his face and screaming like, is simple fascist? You tell us what you know. Or, and <laughs> Broom has to be like, OK, OK, can I talk to you outside? Like. I got to talk to this guy, like, please. And then for the first time in a while, Vivara's like, I could, like, basically threatens him or it's like, don't make this, I like, you came along and things got exciting. Don't make it boring again for me. Where it's like, I'm a fucking demon and I'll just rip your spine out if I feel like it. So, <laughs> and he's like, please, like, you know, you see him. Even with that very real threat of death, he is still kind of keeps his composure and is like, I'm begging you, let me handle this. We're working together here. This is my part, please. And finally, Vivar's like, fine. 
I sticks her tongue out. out. <laughs> yeah, using so a funny. childish way of expression is so funny. It's really fun <laughs> knowing how much it's power fun to, she like, has to ha- to imagine. Yeah, like this demon who's like fucking millennia old or whatever, still like <laughs> acting in that way. It's funny. And then this part's cool. It's like a nice little set up for something that pays off later where he's like, PFC Clark, can you take notes? So, so yeah, Private Clark's in there listening to this conversation, which will come up again in, I actually forget if it's in the fourth or the fifth one because I just read both of them really fast. Anywho's, um, anyway, th- that's a, it's a good thing. It's not just like some nice flavorful stuff. It's like adds to the story later, which is nice. Yeah, it's very good. Um, and I like it's PFC Clark because I believe that's the same guy that was there when Hellboy came about. So it's like, yeah, it's cool to like, he's going to that guy like, I can trust him. He's He'll be able to handle what I ha- what we're going to fucking talk yeah, about. He's the one who actually gives half a fuck of what, a, what I'm trying to accomplish. Yeah. Here. <laughs> so then, yeah, we get this uh, Nazi officer's account of what was going on in the asylum. Basically, we see... Through his explanation, the prisoners getting brought to these tubes, they're injected with the blood, they're frozen super fast, right? But their transformation's also really fast, so they look really monstrous. Hitler's a fucking nut, and he wanted to have this group of vampire soldiers, but when it became clear that we couldn't really control them, he was like, backed out and was like, if I die, just unleash them on the world, because fuck the world. You see him have a conversation with Hitler. Where he basically says as much, uh, the German people, they have let me down, Friedrich. And if there was a people, uh, and if we as a people are too weak to lead, then no man deserves to live. So just like this fucking awful cowardly thing where he just wants to destroy the earth, whether he's there or not, to rule it. And this is, they put this Um, in this conversation. It's so dark that they put this conversation essentially in his bunker where he killed uh, his uh what her his girlfriend? What Ava is Ava Braun? Ava Braun. Right? I think that's supposed to be Ava. Uh, in, in I think you're right. And it's so disturbing to, and I think smart of them to be like, what if this? He had this conversation moments after killing Ava, right before he's going to commit suicide. It's wild. Yeah, it's fucked up. He's like, okay, so go go to this institution and go let all of those vampires out. Okay, okay, bye. And so this <laughs> officer. Goes to leave uh, with his driver, this other soldier that he's with. He gets stopped at the border, which I thought this was like great, like world building. It's horrific and disgusting, but it's part of which it's something that I bet. I mean, I'm not a duh, I'm not a historian, but I bet that something's I bet that something similar happened where they weren't letting people like Germans leave. Oh, for sure. Because a soldier stops him and, and is like. Um, Herr Goebbels says every German must defend his capital. No one leaves Berlin. And uh, we know how to deal with traitors and has like these other Nazi officers hung by the neck behind him. So, yeah, shit's fucked. He's like, listen, you little dog, I'm here on Hitler business. And they let him through. And then like Russians show up and they start fighting. And then the driver, this this, uh, German soldier who's with uh, the captain. Drops him off at the asylum. He's like, what should I do? Get the fuck out of Germany and get rid of that <laughs> outfit. Go, You know, yeah. get out of here. It, things are bad. And so, yeah, this Nazi captain shows up at the asylum where he's supposed to carry out 
Operation fucking vampire eat the world now that Nazis are dead. <laughs> vampire and eat the world. <laughs> I think it's something like I that. I love it. And he's greeted with a very adamant Hail Hitler, a super, you know, very like, uh, uh, what's the word? Like, a, not robust. He, he's, he's, a, he's, you know, dedicated to the Reich. We have this guy watching all of these tubes. Yeah. And he's like, hell yeah, you're here. I know exactly why you're here, because cause it's time to let these guys out for Hitler, right, man? It's going to be great. And then the captain who's explaining the story is in the um, interrogation room uh, narrating the story is like, for the first time I saw myself, my life for the truth of it, this madness must stop. I was a criminal, a stain on the human race, a cancer. And he's just like bent over on the tubes being like, what the fuck have I done? And I love that flash, so this, that fla- that red yeah. Like destruction of just showing a city overtaken by these vampires is so yeah. I love that apocalyptic like uh, imagery in that moment. And we see their like fucking meat grinder mouths that are just uh. like like we like we mentioned earlier with these teeth that like almost go completely around and a similar sort of vampire bite mark. Yes. So yeah, if you if you unleashed like a hundred vampires on the world, it would be truly horrible and. Within like, you know, some short period of time, it would basically be the end of the world. And this captain's like, yeah, we're not going to do that. And this Nazi who's been watching over the tubes is like, you're you're a dead man. I'm going to you know, I'm I am the will of the Reich, mine general and the Reich will triumph. And before you can finish the word, the captain Blast him with his luger. That's what happens. And leaves his smoking body on the ground. When, yeah. And you have blind devotion um, like that, you're going to get taken down. <laughs> you got to get taken down. And then he he basically writes a letter that's like, I'm this captain. If you find this, you should probably destroy it. He bricks up the wall and he talks for a while about the bricks because he mentions that his father was a bricklayer and that uh, the Nazis, uh, the Nazi movement started out as a middle-class workers revolution or whatever he starts like mm-hmm. going off on his own like philosophy and thought process of of why he stopped basically and brooms kind of like sort of interrupts him like why not destroy them like they they're gonna get thought out with the with the hell and he's like i'm not an engineer i've i probably would have fucked it up i didn't even want to touch the tubes i just walled the whole thing up and somebody smarter than me will come along and, and stop it um yeah. and he's Broom tells him for the first time, a hundred of these tanks are missing. And he looks like very concerned, you know, this Nazi captain. He's like, uh, fuck, I, I don't know. And Broom basically makes him figure out, well, what's the fucking one place that they could be? Like, because yeah. they need a ton of electricity. They need a ton of stuff, like resources to keep these things alive. Where are they? Um, he lets him know that there's some hidden bunker. Go find it. Um, they're like, great, we're fucking out of here. Vivara, let's go. Uh, the soldier, the American soldiers are like, we can get you more soldiers, but not right away. He's like, fuck that. Russians, Vivara's like, oh, I got soldiers for you. So before they can even move out, like, or before they can even like gather more American backup, he's like, we got to go like now. It's not, it's not a matter of waiting around for the politics of it or whatever. Yeah. He tells the American captain, uh, you and your boys can come. You've been through a lot in the last few hours. I'll understand. And to which that guy replies, all right, girls, let's move out with the prop. Job's not over till it's over. You know, yeah. like uh, rallying the American troops too. 
People that they all peel out. People that write this. What? People that write this era of of like World War Two love letting men call other men girls. It's like in every yeah. every movie or genre piece that or, or reflects back onto this. They love putting it like, "Come on, girls." <laughs> we like, were just talking about. I mean, well, I I, just, I knew we said we weren't really going to talk about it on the podcast, but Overlord. <laughs> The beginning is just like, all right, ladies, welcome to the dance. I hope everyone brought their fancy dresses. They don't go that far, but it's like, they, it is he just pretty calls much. them ladies a lot. Yeah. Um, and it's just like. Just because it's, it's that it's that bad to be a woman. Um, so. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. In the 40s. Uh, they, you pussy. You're not at home. Oh, dude. You're not at home baking up watched, cake. Um, <laughs> I just watched the fucking. Um, the have you ever seen the Carrie sequel, Rage? It's like I ha- a sequel to the movie Carrie. No, I didn't it's even not- realize there. Oh wait, wait, no, Rage? It's a sequel? Yeah. It's the one with yeah. the guy, right? Where it, like, it ends in like a mind no, no, no. battle. No, oh no, 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 no. It's a there's I mean, maybe there is a movie that's also called Rage that has a guy, but this one's like I'm um, wrong. I'm wrong, you're right. She is like a, a, a relative of Carrie's. Oh, I've never seen who this. has similar powers. Um Anyway, there's a there's one part in it where, uh, oh, it was from the nineties. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. And it's very nineties. Like, I, me and go watch it. It's not like, <laughs> it's not good though. Just like don't go in there if you want to watch a very nineties horror movie. It's like fun in in that respect. Great. And what were you saying um, about the football player? <laughs> there's a football player who's like talking during practice, and the coach is like, "Stand up." drop your drawers or, you know, drop trow or whatever the fuck. <laughs> and he makes the football player, a teenager in the movie, by the way, a, a, a fucking high school football player, take down his little pants and he, <laughs> the coach gets up close to his butt and there's like a shot of him looking at his butt and he's like, I just wanted to make sure there wasn't a tampon string between your legs. Ugh. Some kind of thing like you're a pussy or something. And to humiliate him because he was speaking during practice. And I was like, this is the only thing I remember. I, I remembered it being in some movie. I just couldn't remember what. And then when I was rewatching Carrie, I was like, oh, I watched this in like the year 2000. And this stuck in my brain from from this. Anywho, long old tangent. Long I, old good tangent. I love it. And that it's just like a trope that I'm just like, I almost wish it's like funny that it's a thing that when people write like stuff they like have to be like that has to be in there we have to have men talking that way and it's like i don't know if you do you can still get the story across without probably (laughs) i guess it probably happened oh it definitely happened (laughs) it still happens probably but it's also like you know are you gonna really worry about historical accuracy when you're making a movie about like a supernatural horror movie about world war ii you know it's like yeah where, where, what lines are you drawing and what are you choosing to, to portray and what are you choosing not to portray? I don't know. It's interesting. Very. Uh, yeah. It's just, so, yeah, anyways. Yeah. Whatever. Here we go, ladies. <laughs> Let's get back to the story. Right. All right, ladies. Strap <laughs> in. We're getting back to this Hellboy story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, everybody's peeling out and drives towards this building where there's a hidden underground bunker. Um, they go down these, uh, long winding stairs. There's a bunch of great tubes and like, 
you know, pressure, like little compressor thingies and all kinds of fun shit. There's a giraffe with a long metal robot neck and a crazy metal (laughs) robot eye. There's all kinds of like little like battle bots lying around, like all these little kind of contraptions. Skeleton in a tube? (laughs) Yeah. Skeleton in a tube. Got I mean, classic skeleton in a tube. Um, Just a fun splash page of all of the crazy shit that's down here. Yeah, it's cool that it's like sort of a mirror image, too, of the one we saw with the Russians. It's which I think is cool. The use of the splash page is sort of like they give us so much in these in these these splash pages. It's It's nice. It's a lovely, like busy laboratory of a mad scientist. Yeah, it's really great. (laughs) It's a lot of fun to look at. And it's still it's like busy without being cluttered. Like it's still very clear what everything is. But like, I mean, you know, not super clear where you're like, I understand why there's a giraffe here. It's like intriguing but still visually getting across everything that it's supposed to while having a ton of information in one picture. Yes. Um, then meanwhile, back in this uh, interrogation room um, with this Nazi captain, we see the owl appear, the Baron, and he's here to feed. He bites the captain and gets blood all over his nice little note where he was wanting to l- make sure people came in and killed the vampires later. Um, I also um, really love in this this one panel of his death, just the use of sound is really cool. And like where they because you have that long panel of him just casually sitting by his note in the interrogation room. And I love that yeah. they're smart to put that little hoo hoo at the top in the black because you know that's yeah, where your eyes you almost don't even notice it. Yeah, and your eyes going to go there and cinematically that would probably, you know, it would be like a a completely like, it would be a sound effect or a a, yeah. a sound cue, but in this page we get that first and you're like, "Oh, there's an owl." And you're immediately like, mm-hmm. "Oh shit." <laughs> yeah, it kind of like the camera moves over just a little bit and you see the full window and you see the owl appeared in there yeah. and and everything like just Everything just works so well. Like, yeah, I just think Paula Zaseda is just crushing this whole series. 100%. It's really great. Just him looking back nervously, the hooting, and then cut to him with blood splattered against the wall. Yes. And his, you know, his hand, it you know, is even paler and thinner than it was before. It just looks like obviously he's been drained of blood. It's great. Yeah. And then cut back to this mad scientist layer. With all these drawing boards and stuff, the Russians are taking a look at everything. And they're like, yeah, there's a ton of tubes up here, like air pumps and generators and all kinds of stuff that you would need to keep 100 vampires alive in a bunch of tubes. And then the one, this one soldier just bugs out, one of the American soldiers. He's like, what the fuck are we doing here? This is all kinds of like supernatural shit that we were supposed to wait for American backup for. You think Stalin wants to make kissy kissy? Hell no. This war ain't over. And he's like pointing at the Russians. Shit is tense. Very, very tense. The cat, the American captain takes him and like shuts him up, like screams at him to shut the hell up. You know, like collect yourself. You're not acting like a soldier. And then we hear like clicky, clicky, clicky. And he's like great you woke something up and more clicking more clicking getting bigger like the getting louder and louder the the like the sound effect getting bigger and bigger and bigger Um, holy freaking jesus (laughs) 
I love all the sound effect uses in this building up to this moment is so well done. <laughs> like, and I, and I mean so that even awesome. vocally with the characters, how it's like they're going from screams to these clanks shutting them up. <laughs> yeah, everybody's just silent in the panels waiting. And then, uh, boom, we got Von Klempt, the head himself, coming in on a little oh, robotic yeah. crab. <laughs> <laughs> Invaders! I mean, and he's got, like, blueprints rolled up in his little claw. <laughs> that's what I was going to say, is I love that they caught him in the middle of, like, finishing up things. <laughs> so he had to let- it's just great. And, like, they're, like, immediately bag it, start blasting away at him, and he's, like, clacking away. It's such a great mix of, like, grotesque horror. And, like, I feel like it's very, like, it feels very, like, the thing to me. Like, where the one guy's head turns into that crabby thing. But And it's also, like, it's, like, laughable because it's so ridiculous. But it's, you know, these, we're, we're with it up to this point. And we've seen this, you know... We've seen Von Klempt before, so we kind of know what to expect yeah. of him. And I just love this version of him. I think he's really awful. I think he's really great, you know? Yeah. I And, it, and, it, and it's such a perfect surprise. Yeah. I did not. I truly did not see this coming. No. I mean, you could probably see a little bit of signs if you're really paying attention to that first splash. But I was just like, what the fuck is this place? What have they found? Yeah. And then to have Von Klemp show up, I was like, I was genuinely, it's such a whoa. Good, it's like such a good tie in to the rest of Mignola's work, you know, because up to this point, we've had like kind of one off characters that we don't see later with the exception of uh, Trevor Broom. So it's like so satisfying to see a character that we're familiar with and so earned like we've it's the fourth comic so it feels like something big needs to happen we're getting really close to the climax of this uh storyline and i think that this is so just so perfectly it's not quite a splash page it's like a half page panel and then another half page panel of them shooting at it while he does a little like western cowboy dance to not get shot Uh, so fun (laughs) What was that supposed to be? <laughs> yeah, that's so good. I don't good. know. Don't let it get away. It's <laughs> so good. They so they're they're chasing it down. They have this great sh- they have this great series of panels where you almost get the effect of like um Von Klempt skidding across the ground and running down this hallway uh, around the corner. Then you see Broom and the soldiers skidding around the same corner running towards him with Von Klempt in the foreground. And then all the soldiers are in the foreground in this third panel. And you see Vivara run around the corner. This is the most splendid thing ever, like <laughs> holding her doll. The fact that uh, they put some physical humor in there and it did it so smoothly. Paul is just, you've already said it, but he's really nailing it and telling me like, yeah. man, you really know how to, you're just a great artist to put in that yeah. much very clear movement. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah, it's so strong. It's so, so, and it's not like, um, you know, in comics, there's like a ton of tropes where you could see the same stuff over and over, like portrayed in the same way. And like, I think that this is such a cinematic way to show both that of an exciting chase is happening. And it's also kind of funny. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. You're chasing um, after a fucking a man, a, a head in a jar with spider legs. Yeah, <laughs> it's like about as like pulpy sci fi as you could get. Yeah. And then this reveal here at the bottom, too, is so great where, you know, oh, you think I wouldn't be prepared for invaders? Von Klemp shall always prevail over pro- provincial minds. 
Now, my lovely, my lovely Kriegoffin, let no one live to see the surface again. And it's just a great shot with two of his huge gorilla fighters, one of which has this like crazy, like another dome of glass over his brain, which you assume is like enhancing his brain or something. Yeah. They have all these like great like Frankenstein's monster-esque bolts on their body and one has like totally metal arms and just all kinds of like fun gorilla monster yeah. hybrid, uh, like robot hybrid shit. It's so very good. fun in that he turned like both gorilla's hands are both mechanical. Like, yeah. It's like, oh, their bodies are enough brute, but I need to make their hands extra, like, for, right, cr- yeah. for crushing. I need their hands to be extra strong to do. And, and one of them, like, their jaw is made of metal. I love that yes. detail. It's so fun. I would love to see. I got I to gotta do a little research because even the beginning of our, our, our podcast, we talked about Cygor. Uh, from Spawn, yeah, cybernetic gorilla, yeah. and I'm like, I wonder if these lined up or if they what came before. Because I mean, is Cygor a real Spawn character? I was. Oh yeah, he's he he's legitimately okay, cool. in fucking in the comics. I just thought he was a badass toy. We just bought we uh, just bought those McFarlane toys for sure, just because they looked cool. Like we didn't even understand what they were from. No, but he is he is definitely in it. Like. Uh, I I have one it. or two issues of him. I don't think, as I've spoken before, I'm in the middle of rereading Spawn, and so there's definitely issues, and I don't know everything in those first fifty. But Cygor yeah. is introduced within that first fifty issues. Oh, cool. Oh, so pretty early on. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 a player, and it's like a si- mad That's scientist so shit. And but so I'm very curious though of when when the Cygor issues from Spawn came out versus these. Just because they're yeah. so they're so weirdly on the same plane, but definitely yeah, stylistically different. <laughs> oh yeah, because what comes the execution out of, of them is great. Yeah, the execution out of McFarlane's brain versus Mignola is vastly different. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, but what a great cliffhanger so to end on! As you said, like that fun. Yeah, Von Klempt is back, and he's up to his old crazy sci-fi tricks and it's just great do you have any favorite moments or anything that you want to point out again i i've already said before these i when i love for some reason when i love an issue and i think it's all working it's so hard to to pinpoint like that's my favorite (laughs) i mean really von reveal von klemp's reveal is so good yes um (laughs) it's just so fun and just made me be like oh and then i guess also like Vavara's reveal to the Baron in number three is pretty good because it's just satisfying to be like okay so Vavara doesn't consider like Trevor Broom to be like on the same like on the same level as her obviously like this is a very strong demon who scares the shit out of a powerful vampire so but but they're intrigued and like fascinated enough with Trevor Broom that it's like I don't know it's like a fucking lion keeping a gazelle alive or something like that where it's like i just like you <laughs> yeah that's a great way I to put hang it out with you because i do think that's like also it sort of sets up the boundaries he's like it's like favara sort of was keeping that to herself right and yeah. she sort of had to because of the baron was forced to reveal it maybe maybe too soon because she's had to flat out say like he's his his um him and his companions, uh, or sorry, not that that line, uh, where she's like, enough, enough. This human is under my protection. 
Like yeah. that's like under like that's a new boundary that that she's setting up. Is like okay. Yeah. I, I I didn't want to say this in front of him, but you're forcing me to to let him know now that like the reason he's still he's gonna stay and survive alive is because I I want to allow it. Yeah. <laughs> and like but she bef- clearly values him enough to protect him, and then to to state not publicly or whatever, but to another like demonic being like I'm protecting this thing. So yeah. don't fuck with him. It's so cool. So yeah, I, I really think it's great. a great moment. I love that. I love the, I mean, all the monster work in this of all the like creatures and the, the, the ghosts, the ghost patients are so cool. Uh, I mean, even the, bl- I, I, I have to point out though, that even a bland page in this issue. And I mean like a bland page, like, of a building like I one think without is done, a ton of action yeah like an exposition so well. page yeah i was just thinking that i was like this is it has such a great balance where it's like this might have been you know you're just interrogating a guy so it might have it has the potential to be kind of dull but i think that they not only told that in a in an interesting way where you have this like somewhat repentant nazi um telling the story about Hitler's last moments. And then you also like, because that's a very talky bunch of scenes. I mean, it's inter- interlaced with a lot of action, like guns going off and shit like that. But it's still very, it's a man sitting at a table talking and you're just reading his words. And that's kind of like a couple panels where they're like hanging out in the office talking and they're like, Oh, we're going to reward you at the end by having a fucking crazy head in a jar chase <laughs> that ends with two uh warrior gorilla m- robots so it's like a fun it's paced in a really fun way that keeps you so intrigued but then still manages to surprise you with this like bonkers fucking ending yeah it's really cool and i love the, the, the in addition to more surprises in, in in that way that i think this team has really like in addition to like a big surprise, like the gorillas back on the, in the, uh, issue three at the end, I think it's a surprising, but in a different quieter way is the exit of Vavara and broom out, out of the asylum. That whole page where I love how it's, the panels are sort of overlapping, but there's no distinct it's all like thin black lines on the panels it's not a thick white like we've had prior but that panel of him looking through the corridor with uh, through the door the framing of the door inside the frame Mm -hmm. of the panel and looking at all the ghosts uh of the patients and then just the simple only one word being spoken by vavara come a close-up on their like demonic eyes like they're red and then them just walking through them as they they seem to like part for them. Yeah. I think I got that sense too. That's so quiet and surprising of like, cause we, th- we were, we're sort of gearing up for us to fight our way out still, yeah. but they choose to do it in such a quiet way. That is, I think as surprising as the two gorillas showing up totally. at the end of the, and it four. still feels very scary because it's still like you're like you were saying the the white panels are all but gone there. I think they're here for a little bit of like clarity, but they also, what the white panels do for, in my mind, they squeeze this panel in the middle so that you're literally enveloped by these ghosts. Yeah. They're like crushing you from the top and from the bottom. They're co- they're in this page, in this page composition. They're coming, squishing Trevor Broom, you know? They're like 
really really like um crowding him fuck yeah, yeah. i'm i uh, fuck yeah indeed i uh, <laughs> i i, I re- i'm like i'm in love with this 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 book like i really yeah, will dude. have to save up money and see if i can get a hardback if it exists of this um i was look i i looked quickly and i, I could i found a couple yeah but they're uh, and they weren't even that like they weren't even that bad oh that's great i really like his simplicity paul and in 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 the coloring um of like the, when we're do, hearing the flashback story, as you already pointed out, of like the dynamic elements of even hearing exposition in this story, but that that image of like the tubes when when the flashback of the Nazi that's hailing Hitler, and then that with the red starkness of the a one panel flashback of all the vampires, I think conveying so much information in single single panels. When an artist can do that, I absolutely love it, and they do that throughout this, of course. And even the death of that Nazi by the owl is just one of my favorites. Yeah. Very <laughs> it's cool. such a fucking good book. First time I've ever seen a Nazi killed by an owl. Hell yeah. It's almost like, you he, know. We can assume he transformed. Yeah. It's oh, almost like what? I was I was going to make some, try to make some dumb joke about it being a Harry, <laughs> a Harry Potter owl. It wouldn't have made sense because he's a vampire. Oh yeah. He got his letter. His letter arrived. (laughs) His letter was delivered. A letter of death. Uh You get it. (laughs) But what a way to end these. Yeah. Not, not very good. Uh, (laughs) I'm, it just made me, I mean, you can tell why I just, when you picked this up, I couldn't stop reading it. It was totally, I was like, I gotta fucking finish this. This is so good. Yeah. But sorry, we're not going to cover the last issue until next episode. Yeah, that's our cliffhanger. (laughs) Sorry, pal. Sorry, pal. But um, for you all out there, uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this. You can tell that we are excited. It's one of the best books I've I've ever read in the Mignolaverse thus far. Totally. Um, I want to hear from our listeners. Let us know your thoughts on anything from 1946, anything that we discussed, anything we missed. We got wrong or you need a correction on. Let us know. Let us know your excitement for this. Or if it's for anything else in the past or in the future, please email us at ahcrapahellboypodcast at gmail.com. I have some suggestions off of this reading. They're mainly comic booky because we already talked about uh, I did watch The Dirty Dozen. I think it's worth watching. Uh, Definitely go watch Dirty Dozen and Glorious Bastards. Overlord, you can check out. Overlord is probably my least favorite of those. And Glorious Bastards being the best, then Dirty Dozen, then then that. And then Rage, the Carrie. (laughs) Rage, uh, the sequel to Carrie. But the comic books I would highly suggest is if you have never read Scott Snyder's uh, American Vampire series, I highly suggest it. Um, It's one of my favorites. He The first book. The first book or the first storyline is co-written by with Stephen King, but I really like the, nice. the art. I can't think of the artist's name right now. Um, it's Raphael, Raphael uh, I believe, and I can't think of it right now. Kate, you might quickly What's it pull. called? American Vampire? American Vampire. It's on he, Hoopla, baby. They, it is. And uh, the, the artist, Raphael uh, Aguilerque or whatever his name is, I am uh, terrible at names and I need to. Albuquerque? Is it Albuquerque? Is that how you say that? Raphael? Looks like it. Yeah, Raphael, Raphael Albuquerque. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but his art is awesome. They sort of make, they kind of make, they take, they strip all the like, similar to I think these vampires, which Mignola's doing here, is they remove a lot of the romanticism. They just fucking be like, you know what? 
vampires are fucking scary and hor- and horrific, and I love that. Yeah. And then I I think Paul's art in these books of these BPR remind me of what I really love about Sean Phillips and um, Brubaker's collaborations with Criminal and all of those. So I mean they're different, but they, this this sort of gives me the same feel for them. I would highly suggest if you haven't read. Uh, read Fatale um, that they did. It's a supernatural story that involves like, it's sort of like, yeah, it traverses over a period of different times, um, but it's a, it involves demons and a little bit of a, yeah, I would say a Lovecraftian elements. Uh, cool. So if you haven't picked those up, I would, I would definitely read those as well. Sweet. Those are my suggestions yeah. inspired by this reading. That sounds good. I mean, I hate to leave you just with, the rage. Uh, you know what else? You know what other '90s movie I watched that I uh, horror movie that I was um, that I really thought fucking aged pretty well actually. Ooh, and it's not like it's not great, but it's like really good for like a slasher. Did I already bring this fucking up? Who cares? Uh, Urban Legend. Ooh, we did talk about Urban that Legend. at some point. The okay, pre- then never mind. Who cares? That's all. You can You're cut cute. that out. <laughs> <laughs> like, Kate recommends the same four movies for the last five years. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's several times that I've referenced Aliens and The Thing we've brought up while reading issues. There's a yeah. reason is those stand out and sort of like all of us seem to They're pull staples. from that well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a terrible thing. We got to go back to what we love, you know? Yeah. Cool. Again, we want to hear from you. Let us know what your your thoughts, listeners, and also you can follow us on Instagram at Aw Crap a Hellboy Podcast, Twitter Aw Crap Hellboy. We um, just so you're aware, we will communicate with you on those platforms. We just typically don't um, share anything um, or speak about those things on here on the the site. Any thoughts, we go directly from the we pull from the emails. Just so you're aware. Um, but we would also appreciate it if you could go out of your way and give us a review and rate us on whatever platform you listen to, but go especially out of your way. Give us a five-star review that starts with the word boom on Apple podcasts or, uh, iTunes, which they're both, it's the same thing, but go out of your way to do that. Give us a five-star review that starts with the word boom. We will read your review right here on the show and give you praise. We call that a boom review, and we'd appreciate yeah. it if you gave us one. <laughs> but that's it for this uh, wonderful place for 1946 issue four to end off on. Uh, can't wait to get to the to the final issue of this. Um, any final thoughts, Kate? Yeah, me too, dude. I I already read it because I was like, I, this is too good. I can't stop. Me too. I'm gonna reread it again. I'm excited to talk about it. Me too. Uh, I can't wait to get to it. Uh, But until then, thank you again, listeners. And remember, we love you. (laughs) Sorry for (laughs) sorry for butchering all of your names. Remind you, just to remind you, I'm a dumb white white man from Utah. (laughs) Why did you give yourself that task? (laughs) Because. Because it, it keeps my... You want to recognize everyone. I want to recognize everyone and also sure. <laughs> reading. I have to always ground myself in my privilege uh, <laughs> by doing that. By just f- f- chopping their names up. Because the yeah. bits. In the end, it's <laughs> I'm just kidding. insulting I'm just to, kidding. My, to me. No, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, you're not. You could put me in my place. <laughs> <laughs>
Hi, this is Adam Peacock from My Neighbors Are Dead. For the full month of October, My Neighbors Are Dead is going all in on the Friday the 13th series. And the best part is, we're up in our episodes to twice per week as we talk to all kinds of crazy characters from the world of Camp Crystal Lake, played by tons of amazing guests. Two episodes per week, all month long. Join us for My Neighbors Are Dead on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Campfire.